with my first one, I really wanted physical support from my husband. And this time I really wanted to own my birth and do it myself, if that makes sense. But I also wanted that like maternal support, mm. the feminine support of other women. Welcome to the Happy Home Birth Podcast, your source for positive natural childbirth stories and your community of support, education, and encouragement in all things home birth and motherhood. What can we do to prevent the experience of trauma? Hey there, happy home birthers, and welcome to episode 147 of the Happy Home Birth Podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Fusco, and this week we're speaking with Casey, who, despite having two home births, experienced quite a bit of trauma from her first birth. We'll listen in to hear how it unfolded and what she did differently to prepare for her second experience. Before we jump in, did you know that we have Happy Home Birth t-shirts? Yep, if you go to myhappyhomebirth.com forward slash merch, you will see the two adorable designs. One retro style, like 60s style shirt that says squat like Ina May, and the give birth on your turf shirt. I mean, this is perfect timing to order Christmas presents, right? Head over and check out the designs and be sure to post a picture and tag me to your Instagram stories once yours comes in. And let me give a huge thanks to this week's reviewer of the week, Keely Grace, who wrote, Wish I would have known more about home birth when I had my son, but I'm definitely doing it with my next, thanks to this podcast. It is so empowering and such a wonderful thing women are capable of doing. Love hearing stories of a home birth. Thank you so much, Keely, for taking the time to leave a review. If you would send me an email at Caitlin at myhappyhomebirth.com, I would love to send you a Happy Home Birth podcast sticker. And if you're enjoying the show and haven't yet left a review, would you consider taking just a few minutes to head over and leave a few positive words? It's the way to get this show into the ears of more mothers, and I am so deeply grateful for all of you who help support me in this mission. Okay, let's jump into our story with Casey. Please remember that the opinions of my guest may not necessarily reflect my own and vice versa, and this show is not meant to prescribe or treat. It's an educational tool, so continue to take empowered responsibility for your health and your family. Casey, thank you so much for coming on the Happy Home Birth Podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to have you. Would you mind taking just a moment to introduce yourself to the listeners? Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Casey King. Um, I am 30 years old and I live in Colorado Springs with my husband and our two babies. We have a two-year-old girl named Eden and a five-week-old little boy named Isaac. Um, And they are the most precious things in the world. We love them so much. Um, And I'm a super crunchy mama and proudly wear that title. Um, And I'm a photographer for elopements and birth. I've been doing that for about six years now. Um, And I love that. It's my, outside of birth, that's my total passion. Um, I love just making magic with my couples and serving the mess out of my mamas. So, yeah. Oh, that's so wonderful. Yeah. You've got a a sweet, fresh one. Wow. Yes. He's so fresh. Well, I can't wait to hear both of their stories. But as we were talking before we began interviewing, it wasn't a right off the bat, get pregnant, have baby. You and your husband, it took time. So I'd love to hear your journey. What, What was it like becoming pregnant? Yeah, so it took us about two years to conceive our daughter. Um, We got married in 2016, and I remember we were at his family's house in Montana for Christmas, and I was like, hey, why don't we just go off of birth control, which I regret going on birth control in the first place. I would never, ever recommend that and never go back on it again just because it does horrible things to your body. Um, 
but I was like, you know what, let's just go off of it and let's see what happens. And so we did. And then it took me about, I want to say it was about nine months to a year to get my cycle back in the first place. Mm -hmm. I didn't have a period that whole time. Um, and then I started like tracking my ovulation as far as I could, cause I had PCOS as well. And so that kind of contributed to our struggles to conceive. And I had been told when I got diagnosed that it would probably be difficult for me to get pregnant. Um, but I knew that God had promised me a baby and I knew that I was going to be a mother one day. Um, cause that's all I've wanted in my whole life is to be a mom. Um, and so I got my cycle back, started tracking things as best as I could within a regular period. And we started trying, um, and it was just like month after month of negative tests and just heartbreak and crying out to the Lord and asking for him to give us a baby and trying not to be super defeated about it. Cause I knew it would happen in his time, but it was also really hard and really heartbreaking. Um, like all of our friends around us were getting pregnant and, um, and I wasn't, but I knew, I knew that it was going to happen eventually. Um, and so, yeah, it, I, I didn't know then what I know now about like detoxing your body from birth control and all the things that you can do to help support fertility. I wish I would have known what I know now then, but, um, about two years into trying, I was at work one day and I had my own office and I had had like this German place across the street. I had a sandwich from there for lunch and I left the onions in the trash can and I came in the next day and, um, I, the smell was like overpowering and I opened the door and I was like my friend John just worked outside of my office and I was like John do you smell that like those onions it smells awful he's like what onions oh <laughs> yeah <laughs> and so I was like oh that's interesting um so later on I just I just kind of went about my business and started my work and I was a project marketing coordinator for a ministry um and so I just it was just kind of nagging at me and I was kind of feeling a little bit queasy and my breasts were hurting and I was like you know what no, I'm not going to test because I can't take another negative. Like, I just can't mm -hmm. take it. Um, I'm not going to do it. But then I just really felt like the stirring in my heart. And I felt like the Lord was telling me, like, go buy a pregnancy test. Mm -hmm. And so I decided to take a coffee break, like a 10-minute break. And I ran to the store down the street. And I got a test and a big drink. And I came back and I tested and it was negative. Mm -hmm. and, and on the way to the store, I was like, Lord, I just I can't take another heartbreak. Like, if you're really telling me to do this, I need it to be positive because I can't take, I just can't do it. I can't do another negative. Not today. And so I took the test and it was negative, but I was looking at it, like staring at it. And I noticed that the control box was not, there was no line in it. And so I looked online and it said that if there was no control line in that box, that it's possible that the test was defective. And so I decided to take another test. So I went down and got a cup out of the lunch break room and um, peed in the cup because um, I wanted it to be like as accurate as possible. Um, so I took it. And then three minutes later, I saw that positive for the first time after two oh. years. And I just like, just broke down sobbing in the bathroom at work like audibly gasping for air sobbing and just was like thank you jesus mm. that this finally happened and like saying hi to the little baby bean in my belly and it's like hi baby <laughs> and it just was this amazing moment and then i walked out back down the stairs into my office and my friend john was actually the first person i told because um, <laughs> i was like hey i don't want you to think that someone like died because it was probably being really loud <laughs> I was like, I'm pregnant. <laughs> and like we hugged and he congratulated me. And I said, you know, I'm leaving. I'm going home. And it was a friend. Goodbye. <laughs> I'm not staying at work. Um, and I, like my job was super flexible about things like that. Um, and I had actually, we had just hired on a new manager. I had just finished running our department for like four months prior. So I felt like I'd earned that. Um, <laughs> so I went and found my boss and I was like, I, um, I'm pregnant and I'm going home right now. <laughs> I know you're not supposed to tell your boss that you're pregnant right away, but we were also friends before right. my boss. So I was like, you know what? That's fine. <laughs> So, um, yeah, that's kind of how we got there and how 
we uh, got pregnant in the first place and we had taken a trip to Canada like a few weeks before I got pregnant for the fireworks festival and I had no idea I was pregnant at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's, that's how we got there with our first baby. Mm, that's amazing. And how did you tell your husband? So I called my best friend and I was like, I need your help. Are you at home? <laughs> um, and cause she had just recently moved to Denver, which is like an hour north of us. And she was at her parents' house for a couple of days. I was like, I need your help. And so we went out um, shopping and I got a little like nephew onesie because I was convinced it would be a boy. Um, so I got this nephew onesie and I gave it to her in the gift bag. She was like, I knew it. I knew you were pregnant when you said you needed my help. Um, <laughs> and so we went out shopping and I bought like, I spent way too much money on these cute little boy onesies that like said daddy on them and like daddy's boy and handsome like daddy because you know, I was convinced it would be a boy. Um, <laughs> and then I went to this donut place because donuts at the time were kind of our thing um and so I had them write mommy and daddy on two donuts and I put a little donut hole in the box um and so I called my husband and I lied to him and I was like hey I'm I'm gonna work late we got a last minute project and that's not something that was abnormal that happened a lot we got a last minute project so I'm gonna have to work late um I'll be home in a few hours just so I could figure stuff out um and then I called him on the way home and I was like I just feel really dizzy and sick and I just I can't make dinner tonight I need you to run out and get some pizza and just, I can't do it tonight. Um, he's like, okay, that's fine. Um, I'll go ahead and order it and I'll run, get it when you get home. So I sent him out to go get the pizza. And actually I didn't think about this when I sent him, but I had him go to this place called Louis, which actually we had our first kiss there and cool. we had it at our wedding reception. And so it was kind of like a special <laughs> place and I didn't even think about it. And, and it was also what we had on the day we found out about our first baby. <laughs> that uh, makes me want to cry. I know. <laughs> I didn't even think about it, but it was just so special. And we have this box from, because my husband is a super sentimental guy. So we have the box from the night of our first kiss hanging up in a frame in our desk. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. So I uh, sent him out and he got back and I had like everything set up on the table. I had the donut box open and the onesies and this teddy bear that said like daddy's first dra- number one draft pick or something on it. <laughs> um, all set up on the table and I was sitting there and he walked in and he was like, no. And that's all he could say for like five minutes. No. <laughs> I don't believe you. No. Are you sure? Are you serious? No. Oh, wow. <laughs> this repeat for like five minutes is all he could say. And I was like, yeah, it's it's right there. There's a positive test. He's like, that's the first time you've seen that in your entire life. With you. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> yeah. It was really precious. Um, <laughs> and so we were just kind of both in disbelief because it had taken so long. And we just had kind of given up. Not given up. Right. But- we're just going to surrender this. And if it happens, it happens. And when it happens, it'll happen. We're just going to stop trying. Right. Um, and so, and we had even like his mom had asked a couple months before that, or, and we just kind of said like, we're just going to stop trying and mm-hmm. it happens. It happens. And that's great. So, um, yeah. And I had thought that I was like nine weeks along and I was like, how did I go that long without noticing? Because I missed my period the month before. And then I went and got a dating ultrasound and they could barely see the yolk sac. And she was like, no, you're only about four and a half weeks. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> wind it on back. <laughs> right. It's like I thought I got through not great without morning sickness, but nope. <laughs> well then yeah, so so with this pregnancy, what was the experience like? Um so it was it was good and it was bad. Um I was really sick for like the first four months. Um not like pukey sick. I just felt nauseous all the time. And I also like I didn't throw up a lot, but I did have a lot of mucus and so like my body overproduces mucus like crazy when I'm pregnant. And so I would get it all stuck in my throat and that would be what would make me throw up uh, normal morning sickness. But that, that happened a lot and it was terrible. Like it would happen every day for a while there. 
Um, and one time I threw up so hard, I gave myself a black eye, which was fun. Oh, wow. I didn't know that was possible. Mm. But like, there was so much force that I burst blood vessels under my eye and in my eye. Oh, gosh. What the heck? I didn't even know that was possible. (sighs) Um, And so I finally started feeling better. I had to say like probably around 15 or 16 weeks, but I still had the mucus pukes. Um, The mucus pukes. (laughs) pukes. Yes. (laughs) It's very accurate. And then, like, I was so convinced, like I said, that it was a boy because I was honestly terrified to have a girl because, like, I had nannied three little boys from six weeks to five years old for five years, I believe. And so I was like, I got the boy mom thing down. I can do this. I can't do a girl. And I just had all these insecurities about myself. Like, I'd struggled with eating disorders in the past and all sorts of insecurities and just was like, I can't raise a girl. Like, I'm far too screwed up to have a girl. Mm. Um, And so we went to our anatomy scan at 19 weeks and... Uh, baby was being really stubborn and would not turn and so he was only like he said he was about 80% sure and he's like this little old man who's been an OB since the flood (laughs) I was like you know what if you say 80% sure I think I trust you so we had him write it down in an envelope still convinced it was a boy and then we went home um, about an hour away because it was in Denver and my best friend took the envelope and she got a balloon that had confetti in it and we went to our favorite overlook where you can see Pikes Peak in the whole city to pop it and uh, it was pink. <laughs> and my husband and I just like looked at each other in pure shock. Like, what? <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> this is not what we were expecting at all. Like I had been calling the baby Ezra the whole time. Oh, I, man. No. <laughs> um, and it's just in the note, it said probably female. Probably. sure so it's probably female it's pink but there's some question marks still floating around so i did get one more short ultrasound just to confirm that before my baby showered because i knew it was a female and not that's funny and it was it was a girl um and her name is eden she's wonderful um anyway uh so i we left and he went back to work and i called my sister and just bawled and i was like i can't be a girl mom why why is god giving me a girl mm-hmm. she just gave me this heart to heart like you're not as screwed up as you think you are and god has done a work in your life and he's trusting you to raise a daughter and that is such an honor mm-hmm. and a privilege and you're gonna be an amazing girl mom and just she gave me all this encouragement and it was exactly what i needed to hear in that moment because i was so overwhelmed mm-hmm. and i went out and i bought some cute pink stuff and i got over it and i was excited no <laughs> after a few days of mourning my boy mom loss yeah. um which, I mean, gender disappointment is a real thing. Mm-hmm. But obviously we're excited regardless because we had waited so long to have a baby. And, um, yeah, so I want to say starting around like 20, around 30 weeks probably, I had really bad SPD. Mm-hmm. Um, and which is, or sorry, yeah. I always forget how to, pubic synthesis dysfunction. Mm-hmm. Yes, no, yes. <laughs> or is it it's symphysis? Pubic dysfunction? Yeah. Yes. I had it right the first time. <laughs> and so it was like excruciating to walk or to, <sighs> or to do anything. Like her head was, it felt like it was between my legs. And I had been going to a chiropractor to try to help. And that, like it helped for a little bit, but it would just go right back to being so painful to walk or to do anything. Um, so that was really hard. Uh, and uh, I don't know. I don't know how I got through that. And I was working at home this whole time. Thank God. My work they did not want me to work at home, but my midwife wrote them a note and told them they were going to let me work at home mm-hmm. uh, because the office was in the mountains an hour away from our house. Oh, wow. And it was like a 3,000 foot elevation gain every time I would go up there. And so like when I went up there early in my pregnancy, uh, when it was required to be there, 
um, I would just get really lightheaded and because it's at like 9,000, I think around 9,500 feet or something like that, mm-hmm. the office was. Um, and so my midwife wrote them a note and was like, I recommend, highly recommend and encourage you to allow Casey to work at home. Right. And remotely because I don't feel comfortable with her having that elevation gain every day mm-hmm. and taking every day. Um, and they were very much like, they took two weeks to approve it and they had to take it to their lawyers to make sure that it was legitimate and they had to honor it because it was from a midwife and not a medical doctor, which was so stupid. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's frustrating. Are you kidding me? <laughs> she has the same qualification. She's a medical professional. Like she's a, she's a CPM. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like, are you serious? Just yeah. you'll be, you have to take it to your lawyers to make sure you have to honor it. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> Do we have to? <laughs> and so, yeah, I was working at home, which definitely made things a little bit easier because I was able to like work from bed and rest and relax and not like overdo it. Um, and my midwife, Christy, is wonderful. I love her so much. Um, and I just like, when we first started looking for a midwife, I looked through all of the ones locally and read through their websites and read reviews and was looking at like what they offer and prices and um, just kind of felt drawn to her. And so we met up and I didn't interview anyone else because I just kind of felt a connection with her on a soul level. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, this is, this is it. Mm. Um, and so she's wonderful. I love her so much. And anyway, so about, I want to say that um, SPD started to go away at like 36, 37 weeks, um, which was really nice because I finally had a little bit of relief. Um, yeah. And so it was overall like a really good pregnancy, but it was challenging. It was right. hard. It was not easy. I wouldn't call it easy at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just like, I was big. I was, I have big babies. And so I was so uncomfortable at the end, um, which was hard because <laughs> I went to 41 in a day mm-hmm. with that baby. Um, and then, so my daughter was born on April 25th of 2019. And what was it on the 21st, which was Easter Sunday. Uh, my mom had a heart attack that day. Oh my gosh. And I was already like stressed out and overdue, not overdue, but you know, um, past my due date. And so my sister texted all of us that morning because she lives with my mom and let us know like mom's having really bad chest pain. We're going to go to the hospital and we had been getting ready to go to church. Um, and so I was like, nope, change of plans. We're going to the hospital. Mm. Um, and we got there and my sisters and my brother and my sister's husband and all this were there. And they got her in like right away before we even got there. Um, and then the doctor came in to let us know that she did have a heart attack and it was a really bad one. Oh, wow. It was called the widow maker. Mm-hmm. And which normally is like a really high rate of fatality or permanent damage to the heart. Mm-hmm. Um, but with my mom, like, it's just, it's so wild. It's like God was totally protecting her because she waited like three hours to go to the hospital feeling mm-hmm. that way. And she had started to get like sweaty and clammy and super pale. And my mom, like super high pain tolerance, she doesn't go to the hospital. And so if she goes to the hospital, you know, it's a big deal. Right. This is like, we need to go. Um, and so basically like, he said that it was the best case scenario that he'd ever seen with that type of heart attack. Wow. And she had no permanent damage to her heart, just like some fatigued muscles that were in shock and needed to be rehabbed. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we like, she spent a couple of days in the hospital and then went home and, and that just like, I almost lost my mom three days before I had a baby, which was awful. Yeah. And I don't even know what I would have done if I had lost her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so having her at my birth was like the best thing in the world because she almost wasn't there. Um, and so I, and I wasn't really able to process that because I was so pregnant, right. Getting ready for childbirth. And just, I really wasn't able to process what a big deal it was until later on where I was like, Oh my gosh, my mom almost died three days before I had a baby. 
um, but praise God, she's alive and healthy and um, rehabbed and she's has such a special bond with my baby girl. Mm. It's so beautiful to watch. Like they're so close. She, she's obsessed with her grandma. <laughs> um yeah and then like all the nurses in the hospital were like you want us to just induce you and you oh gosh next to her and i was like no if oh, i have to offer <laughs> absolutely not <laughs> hey while you're here <laughs> you want to have a baby while she's like, i was like no i'm here, here for this friend. very traumatic reason right would you like us to like oh my word so yeah. so you you guys get through that you go back home what what was labor what was the beginning the onset of labor like and how did your birth unfold so my birth with Eden, um, the morning of the 24th, she was born on the 25th. Um, and let me just say, I was expecting a short labor because women in my family have fast, easy labors. Mm -hmm. Like my mom, my sister, all of them, my mom had five babies. My sister has six and all of them, their labors were like eight hours or less. And so I was believing that for myself. That's what I was prepared for. Obviously. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> I'm going to have a short labor too, right? Um, no. <laughs> so uh, the morning of the 24th at like four o'clock in the morning, I started having these like stomach cramps and that's that's all I thought it was. I was at 41 weeks exactly. Um, and it was just like stomach cramps and I thought that it was just like diarrhea and I needed to get up and go to the bathroom and I kind of slept through it for about an hour or so. And I got up and I wiped and I lost a big chunk of my mucus plug and had some bloody show. And so I got all excited and I got crawled back into bed and I woke my husband up. It was five in the morning. I was like, we're having a baby today. <laughs> <laughs> and so we looked up online how long after bloody show, mucus plug, whatever does labor start. And it was like anywhere from a couple hours to a couple days. And he was like, you woke me up at 5 a.m. to tell me it could happen in a couple days. <laughs> and I was like, no, women in my family have fast labors. It's Listen. not in a couple days. Listen, buddy. Baby's <laughs> coming now. <laughs> and so like, it, was, it just felt like kind of mildly intense period cramps in the beginning. And so we, we just kind of, I couldn't go back to sleep. And so we got up around like six-ish and got ready. And we went to my chiropractor because I used to have walk-in Wednesdays pre-COVID. Um, and so I went and got adjusted and was like, do all the things to get my labor moving. And he said, oh, I should get things moving pretty quickly for you. <laughs> um, and then we went to Chick-fil-A and got breakfast and went to Starbucks to get some coffee where my brother-in-law is the manager. And um, he hooked us up and gave us some drinks since we'd been up since four in the morning. And we went home and I texted my midwife and I was like, hey, I've been having contractions since four o'clock this morning. They're fairly consistent, but they're still like 10 minutes apart. And she was like, yay, maybe today is the day. And I laughed because she said maybe. And I was like, no, today is the day. <laughs> and you don't understand, women in my family. <laughs> and so she was like, just go home and try to go about your business as usual. Just don't think about it. Just have a normal day. And so my husband stayed home from work. And I called my boss and let him know I was in labor and I wasn't going to be working. And we went home and my best friend came over because she's going to help distract me. And um, we watched Avengers and... Um, I just like bounced on the ball and we hung out and my contraction started to slow down a little bit. My midwife checked in and I let her know they're like 10, 15 minutes apart. And I asked if there's anything I could do to kind of speed them along. And she was like, no, just, it's just your body working things out. Like it knows what to do. Don't exhaust yourself. Mm -hmm. Try to get some rest. And I was like, I'm too excited to rest. And this is going to go fast. So no, um, which was really stupid because I ended up having 34 hour labor. And, but it's so hard. It's so hard, especially as a first time mom. Cause you're like, I'm so excited. Mm -hmm. This is so much fun. <laughs> Because you have no idea what's coming. Um, <laughs> and so um, we finished the movie and I went and took a hot shower. And then we took, we don't have this dog anymore because he did not adjust well to Eden. Um, we had to rehome him after her. But we took him on a really long walk around the neighborhood and just kind of hung out and spent the day together, just kind of enjoying each other's company um, before baby came. And it wasn't just the two of us anymore. So we went on a walk and then 
tried to take a nap together and um and then we just yeah we just kind of hung out for a while and just kind of let my body work things out my contractions were still like 10 minutes apart and not very intense and so around like five my best friend dina left to go pick us some dinner we got um tokyo joe's bowls and she picked up her sister to come hang out and uh, we just kind of uh, we went on another walk around the neighborhood for like two miles and um she came back and we had dinner and i told my husband because i was getting really frustrated with like why is this still going on mm. why are they not getting closer together and more intense this is stupid <laughs> so <laughs> i told my husband like find me the funniest stuff you can find on reddit because i need to laugh because i remember reading in anime's guide to childbirth that laughing helps your body open and all your sphincters just relax and get more open and so i was like find me the funniest things you can find because <laughs> i need to laugh and it actually worked mm. um because my contractions after that started getting closer. They're like six, seven minutes apart and lasting for a minute and a half or so. And I'd have to actually like focus to breathe through them. Um, and so we spent like two hours reading autocorrect parent texting fails. <laughs> <laughs> and just laughing together. And it was great. It was so much fun. And, um, and around like nine o'clock they left and my photographer came over because things started to pick up a little bit. And my friend Crystal was our photographer. And, um, and then my mom and sister came over because I think they were expecting things to be a little bit more progressed than they were. Mm. And they weren't. Um, and so me and Crystal went and took the dog and we walked up and down the hills in our neighborhood, which helped get things a little bit closer together as well. Um, and then I just sent my mom and sister home. I was like, it's probably gonna, it's gonna be a night. So just go home and rest, especially because she had just had a heart attack and she was super tired. Mm. So you don't need to be here yet. Just go home and rest. Um, and they did. And then it was around like 11 o'clock. I just decided I'm just going to go to sleep. And I sent Crystal downstairs to go to sleep. And I told her I'd let her know when I was in active labor. Um, so I lay down and my husband was already asleep, snoring. <laughs> I was so mad at him. I was like, I just wanted to kick him every time I had a contraction. <laughs> it's like, you know, like he needs to rest so I can have his support later today. Um, and so I slept and they were coming on. That's when like, I would say it probably was active labor because my contractions were so intense. They were still about nine, 10 minutes apart, but they were so intense. Like I just would grasp onto the bed as hard as I could and breathe through it. And it was like a minute and a half long and they just were so painful. Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> um, and then I, after about two hours, I was like, I can't lay down anymore. I need to get up. And I got up and went to the bathroom and I was like leaning over the sink, just sobbing because I was in so much pain. Um, and my husband came in and just held me and I was like, I can't do this. <laughs> and he was like, you can, and you kind of have to. Um, <laughs> And so I decided to get in the shower and I woke up Crystal because I felt like things were starting to intensify a little bit. Had her wake up and got in the shower. And my midwife wasn't going to come until I was three minutes apart, lasting for a minute. Um, it was a 311 rule. Um, and so she wasn't going to come until I was there as a first time mom. And I wasn't there yet. And I called her a couple times during the night to let her know, like, hey, four minutes apart, like, or, you know, just progression. She's like, that's awesome. I'm going to go back to sleep now. <laughs> And let me know when you're at 311. <laughs> Heavens. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I wanted her there so bad, but I knew, like, I'm a first time mom. This is taking a while. Clearly, I am not blessed with the fast labor genes. Clearly. <laughs> it's not happening for me. Um, and so in the shower, they started to really get intense and close together. And they started stacking, like, two minutes apart and just back to back and lasting for a minute and a half to two minutes. And they were so strong and so intense. And the water was amazing. It felt so good. I think I had it like on all the way, all the heat because it just felt, it was a godsend. Mm. Um, and then I was like, I probably need to save some water <laughs> for the pool. And so I need to get out, even though I didn't want to. 
Um, and in the shower, I finally got to 311. I think it was like 20 minutes after I got out and my husband left to go do something. And he had been giving me counter pressure on my hips this whole time, which was every single contraction. It was like, I need you right here. Do not leave my side. Yeah. Um, and he left to go do something when I was still in the shower. And at this point, my legs were like jello. Like I could not stand up during contractions. Um, so I got on my hands and knees and I was like, where the heck did you go? I need you. <laughs> and I had to work through that one by myself. I was so mad at him for leaving. I don't, I don't know where he went, but yeah, that can be, that feels so overwhelming. Like yeah. just the change, any type of change is like, nope, 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 nope. I need you right here. Do not leave my side. Like I need pressure on my hips every single contraction. Don't leave me again. <laughs> and so that was tough. Um, and then I went and came in our bedroom got in our bed on my hands and knees and just worked through it. And then I finally got to 311. So I called Christy. And I was like, hey, I'm at 311. Please come to my house right now. <laughs> and she lives like 45 minutes away in Woodland Park. Um, and so she let her know that I was there. And she's like, do you want me to come? I said, yes, please come right now. Um, and so she came and she got there about an hour later. And I was just kind of laying in bed, um, breathing through contractions because I had read the Bradley Method book. Um, and so I was just trying to relax my whole body during every contraction which worked really well. And I felt like that really helped me get through things. Um, and so when she got here, she came in our bedroom and my mom got here at the same time. And just like this wave of relief just like washed over my whole body. And I felt like so much more peace because my midwife was finally there. Um, and just her presence was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> um, and so she came in and she asked me her you know, standard list of questions and took my blood pressure, checked baby's heart rate. And she asked me if I wanted to be checked. And I was like, yes, please. I would like to know that this is ending sometime soon. Um, and so she checked me and I was at eight centimeters. That's was, golden. I know. She's like, I'm just, this is, I'm feeling really good things. You're at an eight. I was like, praise God. <laughs> How much longer I can do this? Cause I was at like the 26, 27 hour marker at that point. Mm -hmm. um, I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> I'm getting close. Or <laughs> so I thought. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> and uh, she told me, she's like, I was expecting you to be like four when I saw how you were laboring because I was so relaxed and just laying there, just letting the waves kind of just wash over me. Wow. And um, I was in an eight. And so they filled up the pool and I started, I got up and started walking around and just kind of getting vertical for a little bit. Um, and then I got in the pool and the, oh my God, the water felt amazing. I, yeah, water, hot water and labor is golden. It's mm -hmm. the best thing in the world. Um, so I got in the pool and labored through transition, which was rough. Um, and then my body started pushing and I was like, I hadn't gone to Laborland yet where I was totally in the zone. And I remember, um, it was like right before I went to that place where I was still kind of conscious of what was going on around me. And my midwife was like, Oh, I can see that you're almost fully dilated. Cause you have the purple line on your butt. Oh yeah. And I was like, awesome. Everyone is staring at my ass now. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I gleaned from that. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yes. That's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, I'm going to stare at my butt. That's great. <laughs> and, um, and so my body started pushing around like, uh, I want to say it was around like nine-ish in the morning. And so I started pushing and that was so painful. The contractions were just so intense. Um, the most intense thing I'd ever felt in my life. Uh, and so she started coming down and I was making progress the whole time, but it had been about an hour and her head was right there. Like I could feel it, they could see it. And I just was not able to get her out. Um, and I, like, I was just getting to be in the most, I was so defeated already because I had been, I had not mentally prepared for a marathon. I prepared mm -hmm. for a sprint because, you know, women in my family, um, right. I was not mentally prepared for a 34 hour labor. And I still regret not telling myself that that could have been a possibility. I was so convinced it wouldn't be. Um, 
but it was, and it was a marathon and I was not prepared at all. So I was already in this like defeated place of why the heck am I still in labor? Mm-hmm. And my contractions got real intense at 11 PM that night before. And so it was about 12 hours of super intense, super, super, super intense contractions. Gosh. Um, and so I was already like in this really negative headspace and I didn't vocalize any of that out loud, which I really regret. Um, Cause I just was so like, why is this not happening? Like, why is my baby not here yet? This feels mm-hmm ridiculous this feels stupid like what the heck and so um and they just kept encouraging me like she's right there you got this you're almost done and I wanted to be like just shut up (laughs) stop lying to me and telling me that I'm doing a good job and she's almost here because clearly she's not like nothing is happening so stop lying to me this is no I'm not doing a good job clearly because she's not here yet Mm -hmm. and I just was getting so mad at my birth team and I didn't say any of this out loud like I said I just kind of kept it to myself and I just was in this super defeated negative headspace and um, so about after an hour of pushing her head, still being right there, prepared to crown, but not coming out. Um, and I could feel it, it was right there. Um, I started to feel like, <clears throat> like I was going to pass out. And so, um, every time I closed my eyes to push, it was like, a, like a static old black TV screen is what I would see. And I stayed like that for like maybe 10 minutes. And I finally was like, I'm going to pass out. Like, I can't. I can't do this anymore. Like, I cannot do this. And they were like, no, you can, you're almost there. You have to keep going and just really encouraging. And so right then my sister showed up, she was on her lunch break. She works at Starbucks and she showed up. She works like five minutes from our house and she brought me a strawberry refresher. And she was like, save the day woman, because <laughs> that's exactly what I needed because my blood sugar had gone so low because I wasn't eating that whole, I hadn't eaten anything since I had dinner the night before. Um, and they had fed me like half of a cheese stick and a little bit of yogurt, but it just, it wasn't enough. And I had been having only water. Um, and so my blood sugar was so low that I just felt like I was going to pass out every time I pushed. And my midwife would just be like, you have one more, do you have one more push in you? And I was like, no, I really don't. Like I can give you one, one and a half at best per contraction. Gosh. Yeah. Um, and so I downed that Starbucks refresher so fast. And it like, it was exactly what I needed. Um, and my midwife made me get out of the pool, which I fought her on. I was like, I'm not getting out of this pool because every time I moved, another contraction would come on. It was like two times more intense than the last one. Mm. Um, so I was like, I can't, I can't get out. And she's like, no, you need to get out. <laughs> we need to get you in a squat. So you have some more space in your pelvis. And so I fought her for like three contractions and I finally gained the strength to get out. And went and sat on the toilet. She wanted me to try to pee to open up some more space. Um, and which felt amazing. Like sitting on the toilet felt so good. Um, and then probably like three contractions on there and I could three or four and I could feel her in the pool. I couldn't feel it, but on the toilet, I could feel it like her head coming out and then going back in. Mm-hmm. It was so defeating. So I'm like, she's right there. Why can I not get her out? What the heck? And it was just like, I could feel her head just being sucked back into me every single time. Mm-hmm. Like she's right there. Why? Um, and so we went and we got to our bedroom and my husband sat on the edge of the bed and I was in a squat and he had to hold me up, like muscle me because my legs by that point were completely and entirely useless. Like I had zero strength left at all. Um, so poor guy, he just had to hold up my whole, all of my body weight. And I'm not like, I'm six feet tall. I'm not a small person. Um, and so he had to hold me up. And then I think it was like 10 or 15 minutes later, finally, I was able to get her head all the way out. And I could, like, I let this gut roar come out of me, like this loud primal roar because I could feel myself being ripped apart by her head um and she had a nuchal fist which is ah. to push her out yeah that's it <laughs> yeah. 
And my midwife was like, it would have been totally different if her fist was not there. And every single ultrasound, she had her hand by her face yeah. and she came out that way. Yeah, she really liked that position. <laughs> really did. And like for about a month after her birth, that's her hand would always be right there. Mm. I was like, that stupid little fist. <laughs> I mean, it's so hard. And so she came out with a nuchal fist um, and then I got the rest of her body out and it just was like the greatest relief in the whole world. And I just sobbed. I was like, you're here. Maybe you're here. Like we did it. We did it together. And finally, like, I looked at my mom. I was like, I did it, mom. <laughs> Mm -hmm. I just was, she was like you did it I knew you could do it baby and <sighs> I just looked at her and I was like you're so beautiful and she was so cheesy <laughs> like, so much birthday frosting it was crazy um and she just was so big and beautiful and like the most perfect thing I'd ever laid eyes on and I just was like sobbing because finally after 34 long hours she was finally in my arms and it was like the most incredible heaven meet earth moment of my life um, mm. it was amazing Oh, that's so beautiful. And after all of the waiting before that too, what a, what a beautiful, beautiful moment. Yeah. And, and I'm curious to hear, you know, so you already had known that you were going to have home birth. You had this first home birth experience, which was different from what you expected. So when you became pregnant this time, what was it like uh, preparation wise? Like what, what were you thinking when you were thinking about this upcoming birth? Oh man. So I, can I talk a little bit about my postpartum? With yeah, you? of course. Okay. So I had a really hard time with her. Um, really bad postpartum depression. Um, she had really bad oral ties, so tongue and lip ties. And so like really severe, like the, it was like almost the tip of her tongue was tied down. Mm. Um, and she still has kind of like a strawberry tongue because of it. And um, so she was having like lash issues and feeding issues and like the lactation consultant came over the next day and she pretty much told me like, Oh, these were really good attempts, but you weren't actually feeding your baby. So, like that was awful. That was an awful thing to hear mm. as a new mom. Cause I was just like, my body is failing me. And I can't feed my baby. Like I'm a horrible mom. And I just felt so defeated. And like for the first week, we didn't get revised until she was a week old. It just was so painful and so hard. Cause she was losing weight. And we were talking about having to um, supplement and uh, pump and supplement. And I just was so frustrated with myself. Um, and it wasn't my fault because she had oral ties. Like it was nothing, it had nothing to do with me and my body's ability to produce. It was all because of her um, mouth problems. Um, and so finally, after a week, we got it revised and just the whole experience of the long labor, the feeding issues, I went back to work after two weeks um, because we couldn't afford for me to take more time off and I was still working at home. So that was good, but it just, it was too much. I had the same expectations on me as I did before I had a baby. Um, and then I, sh I'm, wedding photographer I don't do big weddings anymore but I had a wedding at two weeks in a couple days oh boy stupid I I regret that so much because it was such a terrible experience and like they love their photos but it just yeah I made this big oversight because I was in this um postpartum haze of just having a baby and I would never ever recommend that um but I learned my lesson and I would never do that again um but that and then just everything combined just sent me into this really dark space of just believing that and she would cry all the time. Like she was super cocky and nothing I would do would console her. And I was completely convinced that my baby didn't like me. And I would talk to my husband, like, she hates me. Like she doesn't even like me. I'm her mom and she doesn't like me. She doesn't love me. <laughs> and I didn't have that connection. She felt like this tiny little stranger that just moved into our lives and changed everything. Mm. And it took me several months to get to a place where I felt that connection with my child, which was awful. Cause I'm like, I just, I want that, but I don't feel it. Right. Um, and so, and my midwife was really concerned about me. Because uh, I just was in this really dark, dark place, and everything was overwhelming, and I just would cry all the time. And um, it took me a few months to get out of that, like two or three months, to finally start to come out of that. 
um, which I'm so thankful for. Uh, but it was a really dark time. And so I was also concerned that that was going to be a thing again. Um, but it was very much circumstantial, you know. Uh, and so my husband and I were terrified to get pregnant again. Mostly I was terrified to get pregnant again. And so we basically didn't touch each other for like a year and a half. Um, <laughs> Just don't look at me. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And I'm, I got my period back at five weeks postpartum. Oh, wow. Uh, and so I, was, I went from being like super infertile to super fertile. <laughs> um, like my cycle was back right away. And the same thing happened with this baby. Four weeks. I got my period back. Wow. Um, it's crazy. Anyway, so we basically didn't touch each other for like a year and a half. Um, I think I can count on one hand the number of times we had sex in that year and a half. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> we would do other things, but like, you know, full on sex, it just was not a thing because I was so scared to get pregnant. Yeah. Um, and then we started talking about another baby and the timing and what that would look like. Initially, we were going to wait until, um, I don't even remember, but my husband is a UPS driver, and so we wanted to make sure that the baby was not born during peak season, which was like November to January, because um, he's just never home during that time. Um, and so we started to talk about it, and then we decided to get pregnant um, last September is when we started trying. And so basically, we, uh, we went from not doing it at all to we call the baby bang week um, <laughs> and we basically did it every day that week <laughs> and with with great reward <laughs> yeah because then I knew I was pregnant like a couple days after I conceived um because I could feel it happen it was the craziest mm -hmm. thing and then I went from being able to stick them a night all I was I went from being able to stay up till midnight every night no problem so it would get to be like eight at night and I would be falling asleep on the couch and not able to keep my eyes open. And that's how I felt with my first was just the utter exhaustion. So I was like, I'm pregnant. <laughs> I know I'm pregnant, but I had to wait. You know, I tested, but it took me 10 days um, post ovulation to get it positive. Mm -hmm. And it was like the super faint line where I stared at it for like 10 minutes. I'm like, I see it, but I don't know if it's my eyes playing tricks on me. I think it's right. there. So I went and got a digital and sure enough, it said yes, positive, mm -hmm. um, pregnant. And so... I just was so excited because I went, like I said, I went from like two years of trying for a baby to one week mm. and for like instant baby this time. Yeah. Which is wild. Um, so yeah, that's, that's how we decided. And so as far as preparation goes for birth, um, I didn't do a ton. Like, actually, that's not true. I did. I did prepare. Um, actually, I found one of my, a friend of my sister's who's had like eight home births she recommended your podcast and Facebook group. And so I started listening and I'm pretty sure I binged every single episode during my whole pregnancy. Um, just whenever I was driving or nursing even or editing photos, like whatever, whenever I could find time, I would listen to it. Mm -hmm. And so, cause I just wanted to get as many positive home birth stories as I possibly could and believe for my own positive birth this time. Right. Um, cause I had walked away from my last with a lot of trauma and just overwhelmed feelings. And it wasn't like trauma in the sense of things happened to me. And it was more in the sense of like, it just was so physically hard mm -hmm. and defeating and discouraging. And just, I was in such a bad mental place um, with her birth. And I, my mom had a heart attack and it just, you know, had all this trauma. And so I was so determined, like, this time is going to be different. This time is going to be positive and beautiful. And I knew that the Lord had promised me this redeeming, beautiful birth. And so I just surrounded myself and soaked in all of these positive birth stories. Um, and then I, my midwife has a trauma uh a trauma counseling program, essentially. Mm. Um, she's a trauma specialist. And so that was, we did like four sessions together to talk through my birth story and um, just my fears and anxieties. And we had talked a lot through my whole pregnancy about my fears and my lingering feelings about my last birth and how it would affect my upcoming birth. Um, 
but going through her trauma program helped a lot. Like we worked through grounding and breathing exercises and how to like get back down to earth when you start to go lizard brain. Mm. Um, and that was really, really, really helpful um, going through that with her. That's incredible to have a midwife who is so, you know, trauma informed. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. She's, she's incredible. I just love her so much. Mm. Um, she's like, and especially after two births and pregnancies and postpartums with her, I feel like she's just like, a, a mom and a care provider and a best friend all in one. Like she's oh. a, um, and so I went through that with her and that really helped a lot because I was able to just identify my fears and what I was dealing with and not keep them to myself, which I had been so, and I didn't know I had trauma until I started attending births as a photographer. That's the thing. Like I walked away from my birth being like, that was amazing. It was so empowering and beautiful. And I was so strong and and then I didn't even know I had these feelings until I watched another mom give birth. And it brought all these things up inside of me that I didn't know was there. Wow. And I started having, like, I would feel almost panicky watching these moms give birth. And I would also, like, I had to ground myself and come back down because I was there to do a job and capture their births. Um, and I couldn't, like, obviously not going to make it by myself. But I would start to feel this just panic when a baby would start coming. And I knew that I had to work through that before my next birth. Um, and so I did. And then... Um, this pregnancy was equally as hard in different ways. Um, it was uh, sick a lot um, and just tired all the time and still the mu pukes again. Um, <laughs> and uh, didn't have SPD this time, praise God. I'm so thankful for that. Um, and I went to a chiropractor the whole time, which I think helped so much and really focused on nutrition and taking really good quality supplements and just really focused on making it a better experience, even though it was still very, very hard. Um, and I didn't, I didn't say my daughter was 10 pounds, 13 ounces when she was born. Woo, baby. I forgot to mention that part as well. <laughs> she was a little chunk. Yeah, she was. And now the fist and she had a 15 inch head and two feet. Oh, and she's, she's a big one. Yeah. Um, especially for my first baby. Like I was 10, 14 when I was a baby, but I was my mom's fifth. And so it's a little, so it was fine. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, it's still hard, but it's a little different when it's your first. Yeah. That's yeah. Um, like I make big babies. So, um, yeah. So this pregnancy, uh, once I worked through all the trauma stuff and I really, just really decided that I was going to believe God for a beautiful redeeming birth. And that's what I did. And so all the time I would be like, this is going to be different. Like, this is my redeeming birth. This is going to be a powerful, beautiful, empowering experience. And I just would just like keep my mind in check every time. Because with my first, I wasn't afraid of labor. I was nervous because it was unknown. This time I was afraid mm. because I knew what was coming and I knew what it felt like. Um, so that's kind of what I did to prepare, just kind of kept myself grounded and in a good mental place um, and spiritually and just kind of surrendering it all the time, just keeping it surrendered. Um, and like, I think it was, uh, I went to 41 and five with this baby. Mm. And so I think I was around 40-ish weeks and I just, I was feeling really panicky one night. And so I turned on some worship music on our TV on YouTube. It was like 11 o'clock at night. And I just sat on the floor on my knees and just wept. And my husband was like, you okay? Mm -hmm. I was like, no, I'm just feeling really panicky and I'm in a really bad headspace right now. So he got on the floor with me and he held my hands and he just held me. And I told him like, I'm so scared and I don't think I can do this again. I have so much fear and anxiety. And he just encouraged the mess out of me and just like affirmed me so much. And he prayed over me like this really fervent prayer. And then after a while, I just, I just had wept that whole time. And I opened my hands and I was like, Jesus, I surrender this birth to you. And I surrender my fears and I just lay it all at your feet because I can't do this without you. And I know what you promised me and I don't want to go into it being afraid. So I'm done being scared. 
and I am going to feel the fear and do it anyway. And I'm gonna just keep going and going to believe that this time will be different. And um, so, yeah, uh, it was a lot of mental work this time where the first time it was like physically, what can I do to manage the pain? This time it was more like mental and spiritual work to prepare. That makes so much sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. so yeah. So I went 40 weeks, came and went. And we knew it was a boy, but we didn't tell anybody, which was kind of fun. Um, it was really hard, but it was fun. And so 40 weeks came and went. And I was so uncomfortable and so done being pregnant that I had my midwife do a sweep, which I which was stupid. I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have tried to force things before my body was ready, um, which I won't do that again. But I had her do a sweep, and then I jumped on the pump the next day and ended up just giving myself some really annoying pajama labor. Because my body wasn't ready, but I was. But mm-hmm. no. um, so I had, like, I had, we blew up the pool because I was so convinced that my contractions were real um, and they were doing something. <laughs> but uh, no, they continued through the night till like five in the morning and then they just stopped. Mm. And it was like well, probably about 10 ish hours of contractions and then they just stopped. And I had contractions off and on the whole time pretty much up until my real labor started. Um, and so at 41 weeks, I had her do another sleep because I was like, I'm so done being pregnant. I can't take it anymore. And in Colorado, it's a law that um, you can't be under midwife care. Once you hit 42 weeks, you have to transfer to hospital. And um, I was not about to go to the hospital. <laughs> I was not interested. <laughs> yeah, that's not for me. Um, <laughs> and so I think it was on Father's Day, the 20th. Uh, I didn't have anything prepared because I was very much not planning to be pregnant still at that point. And so I hopped on the phone with my midwife because we had tentatively talked about she coming over to break my water the next day to get labor started um, just because we were running out of options before I would have to transfer to hospital for an induction. Um, and so she texted me to ask if that was still a plan. And so I had her call me and we talked for like 45 minutes and we had the, if we have to transfer talk um, just to get me kind of mentally prepared and what that would look like if that were to happen. And I was, and she asked him, do you want me to come over and try to break your water? But the thing is I was GBS positive. And so I would have been on a 12 hour time clock to get into active labor. And that felt like too much to me. And I was like, mm, I don't, I can't, no. <laughs> Cause mm-hmm. I wasn't in active labor by 12 hours. We would have to go to the hospital. Um, and so that just felt like too much pressure. I was like, you know what? No, <laughs> let's wait until the day before I hit 42 weeks. If I don't have a baby by then we can do that. Right. And I asked her, like, can I do the pump? And that day I had been taking two homeopathic remedies to try to induce labor. I'd done so many things, but I took the two remedies. Um, and it, the day before that, he was really high in my pelvis. And so, like, he hadn't dropped yet. And so I had take um, pulsatilla or whatever, however you pronounce it, uh, to try to help him drop. Um, and I, for, like, the whole week from 40 to 41 and on, I was just doing mile circuit every night or multiple times a day, walking curbs, doing everything I could to get him to drop into my pelvis more because he was so high. Um and so I took those two remedies that day, that Sunday that I talked to her and I was like, you know, what? I'm going to try the pump again tomorrow and I'll wake up really early. And she recommended three hours, 30 minutes on 30 minutes off for three hours and then take a break and then do it again for another three hours, which was a lot. Um, yeah. but that leads to some pointy nipples. I bet. <laughs> it does very much so. <laughs> um, and so I told her like, let's have a baby tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And she was like, okay, let's have a baby tomorrow. And so that was the plan. And I just kind of, I hung up and I broke down sobbing and I called my sister. She has six babies. She's been there. Um, and I was like, I really need you to pray for me that this happens tomorrow because I do not want to go to the hospital. And I know that God knows the desires of my heart. 
And I know he promised me this beautiful redemptive birth. And I know that I won't feel that it was a beautiful redemptive birth if I go to the hospital. Mm. Um, it's just not what I want at all. And so she encouraged me and said that she'd be praying. And I just decided at that moment that I was going to walk in faith and not fear. And I wasn't going to be afraid of the what ifs. Um, and so we went out to dinner and just enjoyed our last night. What I thought would be our last night as a family of three. Um, and then the next morning I woke up at seven o'clock and hopped on my pump, turned on some worship music and started to get contractions going. I told my midwife, she told me, she encouraged me to try to get in with my chiropractor. So I was able to snag an appointment after the end of my first three hours. And then after that, kind of started to slow down a little bit. I was like, that is the opposite effect of what that was supposed to do. Um, and I told her, um, I came home and I did like 15 more minutes on the pump because my last session had gotten cut short. And then it was my husband and our daughter down for a nap. And um, I fell asleep for like an hour with my husband and just to try to get a little bit of rest. And then she texted me and asked, hey, how are things going? Um, I said, I napped for an hour and I think I'm going to take a hot shower and go on a long walk to try to get things moving again. And she basically was like, mm, no, you need to get on the pump again right now. Mm. And because she explained, like, if you do that, then you're going to be, it's going to be like four or five o'clock and you're going to be giving yourself a nighttime labor and birth if it happens and you're going to exhaust yourself. So it rarely ever works with one round. You need to get back on as soon as possible because it had been a couple hours. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay. I trust that you know what you're doing, so I'm going to eat some lunch and I'll get back on the pump. And so I did, and I decided that I um, I needed to watch something brainless because I was focused so hard on trying to make labor happen. I was convinced, like, if I focus so hard on it, it's just not going to happen. So I turned on 50 First Dates, and it's like, I need to watch something stupid and brainless um, just to laugh and not focus on getting my body into labor. Um, so I did, and then did 30 minutes and then I hopped into a hot shower because that really helped me progress last time. And I, my contractions were very much steady at that point. Mm -hmm. um, they were about four or five minutes apart and lasting for about a minute. And so my body was actually finally participating this time <laughs> in taking over the controls. Um, and so I got back on the pump for my second 30 minute round and then my husband was taking care of our daughter. So he wasn't really able to support me. So I was kind of on my own and my contractions were really, really, really intense. Um, and oh, she went, I asked her, I was like, so my body's kind of taken over control. Do you want me to do the last 30 minutes? And she's like, yeah, I need to finish up. Right. Yes, please. <laughs> and I was like, dang it. <laughs> Cause they're so much more intense when I was on the pump. And I really didn't want to do the last 30 minutes. And I was like, okay, I will just because you told me to. Um, <laughs> and so she marked my labor. It's starting at, I got back on the pump at two 30. She marked it. It's starting at three 30 in the afternoon. Ah, that's kind of when my body took over controls, even though I did two more hours on and off the pump. Um, so I took a shower, got back on and was working through contractions by myself, um, which actually was, I found that the last time I really needed my husband's physical support. And this time I kind of felt like I wanted to own my birth and own the sensations and own what was happening and not allow it to happen to me, but to really own it. Um, and so I actually kind of liked laboring by myself this time. Um, and then my midwife asked, like, do you want us to come over? Cause her assistant, her daughter assists her, her teenage daughter, um, is her assistant right now. Um, and she's like, do you want us to come over? And I was like, I don't know. It feels really premature because it's only been a couple hours. And my frame of reference was a 34-hour labor. Right. Um, and she was like, well, let me ask you, if you were planning a hospital birth, would you be leaving soon? And I was like, yeah, probably. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Most likely. Because they were getting to be like two to three minutes apart um, and lasting a minute to a minute and a half. And like a, probably a five or six on the pain scale. Um, and I had actually that morning, I listened to the new episode that came out with Talise, the home birth queen. Oh. And yeah, so I listened to that when I was on my first round on the pump, and she had talked about how feeling the waves um, and just thinking of them as being power and pressure and not pain, 
And I told myself that all day long, like this is power, it's pressure and it's not pain. And I was able to keep that mentality um, up until transition. So it truly did not get painful until I hit transition, wow. uh, which was amazing. Cause like my first birth was so different this time, like it was wildly different. I was up and talking and just laughing and joking around with my birth team. And so my midwife came over, she got there about an hour. She's like, okay, I'll come, but I won't hurry. Um, let me know if things pick up. So she got there about an hour later and I called to the rest of my team, my best friend and our photographer, Amanda, and um, my sister to come help with Eden so Byron could support me. Um, and then I decided that now then when my contractions were two minutes apart, it was time to make a charcuterie board for my birth team. It's uh, about time. Right? <laughs> it's like, I need to make sure they're taken care of. Like they need snacks. And my <laughs> husband was like, can you let me do it? You're in labor. I was like, no, it needs to look pretty. <laughs> I'm going to do it. <laughs> So I made a charcuterie board for my team and put out all these snacks that I bought for them. Like, I need to take care of my people, okay? Um, and so my midwife got there like an hour later at 630. Um, and she came in and I was laboring in our bedroom with my husband and he was doing hip squeezes, which really, as much as I loved them the first time, they just weren't doing it for me this time. Um, I more wanted his like emotional support and him telling me, like reading my affirmation cards and telling me that I was strong and capable and that my body was made to do it and one wave closer to meeting my baby and stuff like that. Um, that's what I really needed from him this time and less of the physical support. Um, so she came in and um, asked me her questions, checked on the baby, checked my blood pressure, all that good stuff. And she asked me if I wanted to be checked. And I was like, eh, not really. I really don't want to get numbers in my head. So for now, let's say no. And she's she's fine with that, obviously. Like, it's a great thing about midwives is they leave decisions up to you. Um, so I just continued to labor and my mom brought over dinner for everybody and I made a plate and was up around and eating and talking about, I was like, I really hope I don't throw up this food because it's Panda Express. And my midwife was like, I'd rather you throw up than have an empty stomach. So I'm glad you're eating. Um, but it was a bit about like two hours later and my contractions hadn't gotten really, they hadn't progressed much, like as far as getting closer together or more intense. And she was like, how do you feel about being checked? Because it doesn't seem like much is happening. Do they feel more intense? It's like, no, they haven't really gained intensity. They're about the same. And so I agreed to be checked and she checked me and she was like, I know you don't want to know numbers, but I really want to tell you. Can I tell you? Like, <laughs> you let me know that I was at eight centimeters. Uh, and I was like, really? That's crazy. Cause I, it's only been five hours. And like I said, my only frame of reference was a super long labor. Right. So, um, five hours in, I was at eight centimeters and I was like up walking around, joking, laughing with my birth team, just hanging out, like kind of, it was kind of like party atmosphere. It was really fun and actually just so joyful. And um, like my friends were there and I'm super close to my midwife after everything that she's gone through with us and um, my mom and my sister and it just was fun. And so it was like eight centimeters about to be in transition and just laughing and having fun with my team. Uh, It was crazy. (laughs) Um, And so she told me that she wanted me to get a little bit closer together before I got in the pool. And so they got our bed ready and um, she started to, it was about an hour later, they filled up the pool, got everything ready. And I came in our bedroom and turned on my worship playlist really loud um, and just kind of had a moment where I just surrendered everything. And we just met with the Lord and just laid down all of my fears, all of my anxiety and just kind of, I just broke down sobbing. and the song came on that I've been listening to for like a few weeks leading up until my labor and it's make room. And I just, 
it talks about this is where I lay it down, every burden, every crown. This is my surrender. And then this is where I lay it down, every fear and every doubt. This is my surrender. And I will make room for you to do whatever you want to. And just like this song had been my anthem for the weeks leading up. And it was the first song that came on when I walked into our bedroom. Oh. And um, I just broke down sobbing on our bed and just spent like probably about 45 minutes just worshiping with my husband. And the presence of God was so tangible in our bedroom. And I just held my hands open and got on my knees on our, uh, in front of our bed and held my hands open and just asked Jesus to hold my hands and to go with me and to take away my fear and anxiety um, and just to be with me and give me the strength and endurance because I knew transition was coming. I knew the hardest part was still ahead of me. And so that was just like this heaven meet earth moment. It was so sacred and holy and beautiful and incredible. Just having that moment with my husband of just worshiping together before we met our son. It was amazing. Oh, that sounds so beautiful. Yeah, it really was. And my photographer told me later on, she's like, I wanted to just put down my camera and worship with you. Oh. Um, and so my midwife came in um, and she let me know that I could get in the pool if I wanted to. And I was like, yes, please. And so I uh, wrapped up that moment and walked over into our nursery, which is where it was set up, and looked at the pool. And I looked at my midwife and she, I could tell that she knew what I was thinking and feeling. Um, because when I got in the pool is when my labor started to get really difficult with Eden. Um, and so she, I had a contraction and she told me to lean on her and she gave me this heart to heart and was like, I know that you're scared and I know that you're feeling probably overwhelmed because this feels so familiar, but it's going to be different and you're so strong and we've done so much work to prepare for this moment. And you just need to allow that feeling of fear to to feel it and to let it pass by on the conveyor belt of emotions like we talked about but just let it pass by and don't stay there don't let don't live in it you can feel it but don't live there mm -hmm. and um just talking about how i was strong capable and able and it was going to be different this time and like exactly what i needed here she knew exactly what i needed in that moment which is so beautiful like walking through two pregnancies and births with her um she knew exactly what i needed and so my contraction ended i gave her this big old hug and i got in the pool um, and my daughter wanted to get in the pool with me. And so oh. um, she was so excited to go swimming with mommy. <laughs> and so I had um, my sister change her into her swim paper. And she got in and during, it was the most precious thing in the world. During every contraction and after she had put her little hands on my face and she would say, mama, okay. Oh. Okay. It's okay, mama. That's so and sweet. It was so precious. Like, oh my goodness. It was adorable. Um, and it just melted my heart every time. Mama, okay. Um, and so I labored for about an hour and my midwife was like, you know what? Um, everyone needs to leave and you need to focus. And it's a little bit too social. There's too much going on. Um, and so she was like, everyone just get up, essentially. She kicked everybody out and told me that, cause she knew that I was kind of avoiding progressing because I was scared. And so it was easier to be social and to hang out with my family and friends right. than to focus on the work ahead. Um, and so she kicked everybody out and asked me if I wanted her to stay there. And I was like, yes, please, please stay with me. Cause just her presence is so comforting to me in labor. Um, so she stayed with me and I was like, thank you. I think, I think I really needed that peace and quiet um, to be able to focus and move forward. And I, I was avoiding, if I'll be honest. Um, and so labored in there for, I don't, I have no concept of time for what was going on. I think it was around like nine or 10 when she kicked, it was around 10 ish, 10 30 when she kicked everybody out. Um, and so I worked through a bunch of contractions and then I had to get out to pee and, um, got back in and worked through some more. Um, and she had me like do side lunges for two or three contractions on each leg 
to try to open up and help baby drop a little bit more. And then I got out to pee again and had a big contraction on the toilet, um, the dilation station. Um, <laughs> and she was like, try to have a couple on there. And I was like, I, they're so big and so strong and so intense. And so I got up and had one immediately after I got up and leaned over the sink. And she's like, you need to stay vertical for a while. Um, cause it seems they're a little bit closer together as you're more vertical, um, than they were in the pool. And so I did for a while and probably for like half an hour stayed out of the pool and she was doing, giving me, um, counter pressure, hip compression and massaging my back. And it was so, it felt so good. And it just, with my first one, I really wanted physical support from my husband. And this time I really wanted to own my birth and do it myself, if that makes sense. But I also wanted that like maternal support the feminine support of other women um and so her supporting me in that way like it's like she knew exactly what I needed the whole time um because I as far as who I wanted like touching me and massaging my back and holding my hands like I wanted that feminine maternal support this time so it was so comforting it felt so good when she was massaging my back and so I got back in the pool probably for about another hour and it was around midnight and she was like can I can I check you because it's been four hours Mm. eight so like what's going on um you should like no signs of transition no signs of things changing she's like can I check you I said yeah go for it um and she checked me in the pool and found that my cervix was like it was posterior is what she said and baby had gone asynclitic Uh. so she's pretty certain that he tried to shove his fist by his face like his sister did um but yeah, but we'll never know. Um, so baby was asynclitic and my cervix was not lined up for birth anymore. And so she made me get out of the pool and come into our bedroom and lay on my back in Walter's position. Um, like a, a variation of that. Um, so I laid on my back with this huge towel rolled up underneath my lower back. And that, up until then, I had managed to keep the mentality that it's pain, it's pressure and power, it's not pain. But that was pain. Suddenly. <laughs> suddenly it was hella painful like oh. the most intense pain I've ever felt in my entire life mm-hmm. um probably more intense than what I felt with Eden's birth I want to say um there was so much pressure in my back and it just like they were long and strong and big and I couldn't move because I had to be on my back and I just it was awful and I had managed to keep control of myself that whole time up until then I totally lost control of my emotions and my breathing and my mind and my words I'm really glad my daughter had fallen asleep at that point because she would have learned a couple new words um, <laughs> Pretty sure I yelled more F-bombs during that hour and a half than I have ever. (laughs) In the rest of my life. Yeah, pretty much. And I didn't even care. I was like, screw it. (laughs) Helping me get through this, okay? Um, And I would like lean my head back and bite down on my pillow. And like before every contraction, I would just plead with my body and be like, no, please, no, I can't do this. And every time be like, I can't do this. I can't do this. I cannot do this. And I told my wife I hated her a couple times. (laughs) It's like, I hate you, Christy. <laughs> I hate you so much right now. And she's like, that's nice. <laughs> I don't care. It's working. It's so intense because it's working. And she's just like, I don't think anything personally that moms tell me during labor. <laughs> and I, so on my back for an hour, which is the longest hour of my life, it felt like so much longer. My husband was with me. And then my mom and sister kind of took turns holding my hand um, on the other side. And I just was so spent and like unable to control my thoughts. And Christy was like reminding me, like, you know, when we talk about when you feel like you can't, that's when you're almost done. I was like, I know. Thank you for telling me that. <laughs> but that's not help right now. Um, and then she made me lay on my sides with a pillow between my legs for like three to five contractions each side. And then finally, I was on my left side and uh, had her check me again to see if baby was lined up better. And he was. And I had a little cervical lip 
um, which she held her hands inside of me during a contraction to move it, which was awful, mm -hmm. so painful, like the most intense contraction probably the whole time. It was so painful. And she had me push to try to move it out of the way, which felt so unnatural. Um, and then she, after that, she went to, to warm up the pool in the next contraction. I immediately felt his head drop into my birth canal like a boulder. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, Christy, I feel something. <laughs> and I wasn't able to articulate that it was the head. I was like, I feel something. <laughs> I was yelling at her like, I, I feel something. She's like, that's good. You should be feeling something. I was like, no, 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 no. Like he's coming right now. Um, and so she got me, she lifted my leg to see if she could see his head and to help me get up, help me get back in the pool. I got on my knees and my body immediately started bearing down after that lip was moved out of the way. Mm -hmm. um, so I started pushing and then I got into his side leg because that's what felt most natural. Um, and, and the photographer in me was like, I need her to be able to see him come out. So I need to be where it's visible. Um, and side leg felt natural anyway. So I um, I basically like it took six minutes from the time I got in the pool to the time he was born, um, which was so crazy because I spent two hours pushing with my daughter. Mm -hmm. And I remember... Um, it just, the ring of fire sensation was so strong and it burned so bad. And I just kept saying, he's stretching me out. I didn't say he, cause it, the gender was a surprise. Um, it's stretching and it hurts really bad. Like super calm, just like matter of fact, he's stretching and it hurts. Just letting you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and my photographer told me, she was like, you basically said the equivalent of how oh, that hurts when you take your baby out. <laughs> um, cause I think I was just like talking myself through it. Like yeah. this is what's happening. It's okay. And it hurts, it's fine. Um, and so I told Christy, I was like, I'm scared to push. I can't, I I'm scared. And she's like, you're almost there. His head's right there. It's not going to be the same thing. It's so different from last time. You were literally this close. You're almost done. And so I had another contraction and I pushed his head out, which honestly, I, I didn't even feel his head come out. It was amazing. Cause like the, the ring of fire and him stretching me out and the anticipation of him coming out hurt more than his head actually coming out. Wow. Um, like, and I was so focused on breathing him down and like, I barely pushed, I pretty much, I pushed a little bit and I mostly was able to breathe him down. Um, and so his head came out and I reached down to feel it. And I was like, you have so much hair. Because <laughs> he did, he has a ton of hair. Um, and then the next contraction, his body came out and I reached down and pulled him up, um, caught my own baby and my midwife, Christy helped me. Um, he was finally there and it was like the most beautiful redeeming moment. And he, he struggled when he was born. Um, it took him a couple minutes to realize he was born because it happened so fast. Mm. And he, like his heart rate was at 60 when he came out. Um, and he was very like white and just struggling. And I think I, my husband and mom were more worried than, cause I didn't realize how bad it was in the moment. Um, and I was so determined to not walk away from this birth with any trauma or fear or panic that I was like, I trust my midwife and I trust God. And I was just talking to him like, Isaac, it's okay. You can, you just need to breathe baby. Come on, you just breathe. Um, you got this buddy. And after about a minute, he let out this little cry and he started breathing and he pinked up and he was fine. Um, and he felt so much smaller. He wasn't. No, he felt smaller. <laughs> I told my mom, I was like, he's so much smaller than Eden. No, he was 10'6". <laughs> with another 15 inch head and two feet tall. Um, but he felt so much smaller. And no, he was not. He was another big one. Um, but I just like, it was this amazing moment of just redemption. Because like I had had the most joyful, beautiful labor. And just laughed and danced and smiled and talked and just kept the most positive attitude and mental space and spiritual space the whole time aside from transition and laying in my bed that was awful but it was just this most the most beautiful moment of my life because I was like I did it mm -hmm. and I'm a freaking badass and <laughs> I've done this twice unmedicated 10 plus pound babies and 
it just was the most empowering thing in the whole world. Mm. Um, and then like 10 minutes later, my placenta was born on its own and um, got out of the pool and was able to snuggle my baby and just soak in the newborn goodness and mm. orphan oxytocin rush that I did not get with my daughter. Yeah. Oh, that's baby. a great point. Yeah. Like I didn't have that. I didn't feel that connection with her when she was born, but this time it was like this, this high, like I've never felt in my life. Like this crazy drug high, like better than any drug in the world. So, um, so well-deserved. Yeah. It's amazing. Like you work so hard. And then when it actually happens, it's the biggest relief and the biggest high. And I just felt this immediate bond to my baby boy. Oh. Um, and I announced like, it's a boy and his name is Isaac Brooks, um, which means streams of laughter, which was so indicative of what his labor was like, because it was so joyful and happy. Um, and so it's like, his name was prophetic for what his birth was going to be like. It was really cool. Oh, I love that. I love when that, <laughs> when it works out like that, I feel like a lot of times it, a lot of times it does. Yeah. It was amazing. And then, uh, yeah. So I just, I felt so strong and so just high off of birth. Like this is the birth that I wanted. This is mm. what needed to happen. Like this is, this is the way birth is supposed to be. Not what I experienced before. Right. Well, and, and on that note, and as we wrap up, I guess my big question is, did has that impacted your postpartum this time as well so much so like I actually got the postpartum that I wanted so badly with my daughter but wasn't able to have and this time my husband took four weeks off of work and I'm a stay-at-home mom now I'm not working at the ministry anymore I quit six months after my daughter was born um and like I was able to lay in bed and bond with my baby and breastfeed on demand he still had some oral ties but he was able to feed um we got revised at two weeks but he was able to nurse and gain weight and we didn't have the same issues um and just knowing what you're doing makes things so much easier the second time around and it was just blissful and I just was able to bond with my baby and just enjoy him and snuggle and breastfeed and nourish my body and my spirit and my soul and just have this peaceful beautiful time to recover from birth and to soak in all of the beauty and magic that happened and just praise God for how he promised me that redeeming birth and he gave it to me. And oh. it was 11 and a half hours total, which was a third of the time that I was in labor with Eden hmm. um, from 3.30 till he was born at two o'clock in the morning. And it's just been amazing. He's five weeks old now and the sweetest little thing in the world, this full head of blonde hair and blue, big blue eyes and just the most beautiful baby. And I just feel this incredible bond with him. Like I love him so much. And I haven't had any depression. I've had a couple weepy, sobby days and moments. I've had a couple dark moments, but nothing like that feeling of overwhelm and hopelessness that you feel when you're going through postpartum depression mm-hmm. um, and anxiety and all that. So it's just, it's been bliss and mm-hmm. beautiful and amazing and redemptive and so different from my birth and postpartum with my daughter. Um, wow. Which I will always treasure and I'll always, I, I mean, it's your first baby. Um, it was hard, but I will always like be proud of myself for what I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause it was hard, very, very hard. And this time was very, very hard too, but it was different and it was beautiful. And it was so like going from super traumatic to super blissful and happy and laughing my way through my labor and worshiping my way through. And just, it, it was night and day wildly different. Mm-hmm. I'll just say that. Oh gosh, Casey, that is so amazing. And just so well-deserved. I'm so, so thrilled that you were able to have such a beautiful redemptive experience. And I know that it's it's just such an encouragement for anyone out there who has had a difficult birth to hear that hey it's not it's not like that every time it's such an encouragement and i'm so grateful for you to willingly come on and share your stories with us so casey thank you so much for coming on the happy home birth podcast thank you so much for having me and allowing me to share my stories i hope they are encouraging to some mamas out there preparing for their own birth what a wonderful story 
As we jump into this week's episode roundup, I want to focus on the concept of trauma. I don't want anyone to ever get the wrong impression about home birth. Choosing to give birth at home is not a guarantee that things will 100% go perfectly. And it's certainly not a guarantee that you won't experience difficulty or even trauma. There are no situations that we can control completely, like Casey's first baby having a large head combined with a nuchal fist. However, what we can control is how we prepare ourselves for the vast variety of experiences that we may have. This is our only certain defense against trauma. No, we can't control outcomes, but we can do everything on our end to prepare ourselves physically, yes, but more importantly, mentally and spiritually. Casey learned this after her first labor, which was unexpectedly long and surprisingly difficult. She brought these lessons into her next birth, and I loved when she said that she was determined not to leave this birth with trauma no matter what. I feel so strongly that this outlook helped her through the difficult parts of her second birth and even improved her view of postpartum, allowing her to bond more easily with this second baby. If you're looking for a way to prepare physically, mentally, and spiritually for your home birth, don't forget to check out Happy Home Birth Academy, the premier childbirth education program for home birth mothers. I cover preparation on every level, leaving you feeling confident and prepared for your home birth, no matter how it unfolds. If you're interested, go to myhappyhomebirth.com forward slash happy home birth academy, and I'll drop a link in the show notes for easier access. Okay, my friends, that's all I've got for you for today. I'll see you back here next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Are you looking to extend the home birth support, encouragement, and education? Join us in our Facebook group, Happy Home Birth Podcast Community, and check us out on Instagram at Happy Home Birth Podcast.